0: Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your, I'm your host Steve Risser, along with Justin D'Onofrio. and you know we get a lot of stuff to talk about this week too. I mean, we got we got college football that's that's in full swing, NFL Week Eight that's in full swing. But we got to start with what happened last night in the World Series, and for the first time in over thirty years, the Dodgers win the World Series. They beat the Rays last night, uh, three to one, in a, in a really good game. This was a really good, a, this was ultimately a really good series. The Dodgers won in six, which I predicted they win in six. So did Justin, uh, but unfortunately even though even though you know the dodgers won the world series we got we got unfortunately we got pitches. uh he, he he looked like he was he was cruising he was gonna go seven or eight innings and then he gives up a base hit to austin barnes and then right after that happens uh he snelt uh, the uh kevin cash pulls him from the pulls him from the game i was stunned when he did that after 73 pitches nine strikeouts only gave up two hits and uh he, he pulls him from the game takes him out of the game uh, brings in Nick Anderson. Anderson then gives, gives up a double to Mookie Betts. He then then he, then there's a pass ball. Game's tied, and then and then uh, Seeger uh, reaches on a fielder's choice. The Rays' lead is gone. Betts hits the run in the eighth inning, and the Dod the Dodgers close out the Rays in the ninth to win the World Series. So, really, really, Kevin Cash did a good job this year, but a very, very, very poor, poor managing decision by Kevin Cash, and one he's going to have to live with for a very long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I it just this age of baseball twice. You know, he got through the lineup twice, and the you know top of the order, they were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts, and all six of those are at bats, they looked foolish up there. It's not like they had 10 pitch at bats where that you know where they saw a lot of pitches. Yeah, he, he fooled them. It, it just an elimination game too. You have no tomorrow. Just let them keep riding it because uh, you let Glasson hang out to dry in game one. It just makes no sense. I don't, I don't understand it, and I know it's all analytics, but. We want to do all analytics like that. Why don't we just store a computer in the in the dugout? Doesn't that save you like a million dollars a year? Just have the computer, you know, toss something out to the bench coach, you know. Don't I don't understand it. I know it, it's it, it's it's gotten to a point where it's just ruins the game kind because you know you, you still need that gut decision. You still need that. You now none of the, the analytics don't take in the human. Emotions and it cost her a big time because it just gave the Dodgers a boost, too. It it gave the Dodgers a boost. It gave them a sigh of relief. Okay, thank God. You know, Blake Snow's out of the game. Now they brought in Nick Anderson, who, you know, has now his sixth straight postseason appearance, he gave up at least one run. So you brought in a guy, too, Nick Anderson, that was kind of struggling. Um, It's a questionable move that he's going to have to think about. I don't understand it.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely! It was, it was it was a terrible move, and yeah, and you, you brought up the point about analytics, Justin. Just way, way too much trusting analytics. The top three guys—Turner, uh, uh, Seeger, and Betts—all struck out six times against him. If you're not touching a guy. There's no way, no way, you should have been out of that game. It's it's absolutely ridiculous that he was that he was out of that game. It was it was it was awful. I mean, the guy was pitching a gem, and and, and they took him out. It just. It's just, it's just. It's, I mean, that's the problem with analytics. You, you, you trust analytics too much. You don't get that human element of the game, and that's been the thing that's taken over baseball. It Started with Billy Bean with the Oakland A's. Analytics has continued to take over baseball for years and years. We saw it with our Yankees in Game Two when, when Boone took out Debbie Garcia. It's been happening for years and years. And last night, I think, I think it finally, finally, analytics really, 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 really hurt the Rays. I mean, trusting really hurt them. They should have trusted the human element. And if they did. They're probably playing game seven tonight.
1: Yeah, I think they would have. Um, Because, it, yeah, it's just, you know, because they're, you know, the Rays we know were so inconsistent too with the lineup. You know, they probably had to win that game one nothing. you know, 2-1, something like that. They, you know, they didn't get another run. They had, you know, they had to stick with the guy. It just, yeah, it it's really has hurt the sport. And I get why they do it. I understand all of that. But it's at times there's a point where it's like okay, let's just get rid of the analytics here for a second. Let's just I'm gonna go with my gut decision. And there's not much of that anymore. And that's the biggest problem is we just we lean on the computers way too much more than we should. Um, and, and it costs them. It's cost the Yankees the last few years. It you know, again the Braves aren't a very heavily analytic team. They made the NLCS this year, so it, it just now, there's got to be a point where, all right, gut decision. I'm not going to go based on the analytics here. You know, because none of the analytic guys are going to speak today, you know, um, and go out there and say. Of,
0: of course, hey, they're they're hiding the analytics guys. They're hiding today.
1: Yeah, they're hiding today. Yeah, because their they're data was wrong today or yesterday. And it costs everybody in that reads organization maybe a World Series because, yeah, they'd they be playing tonight with Charlie Morton who has been great in game sevens and did not pitch well last Friday? I get it, but probably would have pitched a much better game tonight. So the Ray, yeah, you know, and I know they would have gotten against Walker Bueller, but I feel like, you know, the Ray would have had a nice shot and all the pressure would have been on the Dodgers tonight
0: yeah the main, yeah the main point yeah exactly with them losing uh, two of the last three world series two having that pressure they, i mean yes they, they they did lose a game seven and yeah they might yeah you know, the astros might have cheated but they did lose a game seven in 2017 too so there definitely would have been pressure on the dodgers but yeah kevin definitely kevin cat us of a game seven just just a terrible move and we were robbed of a game seven because of that move, because he made that move but we got to talk about another big, big story, another bad decision made by the winning team on uh, on, uh, on on Tuesday uh, last night. And here's the thing: we hope that Justin Turner is okay. We I, I hope he's okay. I hope I hope he's fine. But it just seemed like just just when we thought baseball did it right, they got through this completely. They got through completely COVID-free. There were no COVID tests. When we thought baseball was going to do it right. We find out after the game last night, Kevin Burkhardt tells us that. Uh, Justin Turner tested positive for COVID-19. And at that point I was saying, you know, it's t- I feel bad for him. He's not going to be able to celebrate with his team, you know, but I hope he's doing okay. But then the part that stuns me is this guy's out there celebrating with his team with COVID-19. To me, that makes no sense at all. And I'm sorry, whoever led him on that field. If working for major league baseball should be fired. That is absolutely ridiculous that you let a guy who tested positive for COVID-19 out on the field. And you see the picture too with Justin Turner standing right there. He's right next to Dave Roberts. He's not not standing six feet apart when he's having COVID-19. This is a global pandemic. And you have this guy on the field. It makes no sense at all. And it's sad that after the, after a really good world series, this is what we have to talk about.
1: It is. And this has been baseball this year. Yeah. He's sitting there holding the trophy. And, you know, and he's not even wearing the mask and he's sitting next to Dave Roberts, his manager, who's a cancer survivor. And of course, yeah, hopefully, you know, Justin Turner's okay. You know, he's not, you know, having any symptoms and all that. But yeah, it's, it's such a, it just, it's just, you know, it's been baseball this year though, you know, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then they got yeah. There's little kids out there too. Totally yeah, you see Joe's comment.
0: Little kids, little kids who get get exposed to this virus. It's 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 awful. It's just awful that that this that this happened right at the end of the game. I, I just I can't believe it. I just can't believe he was on the field.
1: I I can't either. Now they said you know security team was trying to keep him in the dugout, but they couldn't stop
0: him. Like, well, the that, security team should yeah. be doing their job and making sure this guy doesn't get anywhere near the field.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't get it, you know, not down there with the mask, just uh, holding the trophy, you know, near kids. I just, uh, It's just such a terrible thing for baseball on a day where you should be celebrating the LA Dodgers, we have to talk about this, you know, and, and for playing Kershaw's legacy to finally get that World Series ring. But the first thing that we have to talk about is Justin Turner getting COVID and the way he kind of – being on the field during the celebration and, you know, nachos and distancing all that. It's just been, you know, it's the same story for baseball all year. You know, they almost did it without it since, you know, the Cardinals got it back in early August and biggest day of the year for baseball. And this happens. It's just such another terrible
0: look for the sport. Oh, absolutely. And yes, and I get, you know, you've been on those Dodger teams that lost two World Series. You've been working really, really hard to get this. But, when when you have COVID nineteen, that stuff goes out the window. You cannot be anywhere near your employees and ex, and expose this and spread this virus to your employees. You just cannot do that. I'm sorry that you know you don't want to miss out on the moment of winning the World Series, but too bad. You, you have to stay safe. You have to stay isolated if you have COVID nineteen. that th- that's just real. That's the reality of the situation. I mean, someone's life is a hell of a lot more important than celebrating with your teammates after you win the world series. If you're on the team, you're still going to get the ring. You're still going to be remember for being on the team. You don't need to be in the picture. Uh, cel- in, uh, celebrating the world series, who cares if you're in the picture, you have COVID-19, you got to isolate yourself. And again, it's just, it's just sad. This is what we have to talk about on, on a day where baseball, uh, really did a really good job getting to the finish line. We probably didn't think at the beginning – in July, I didn't think – at the first week of August, I didn't think baseball was going to get to the finish line, and they did. But sadly, we have to talk about this.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Oh, now I see –
0: oh, my. Is is that serious? He's kissing somebody? I don't know if that's his wife or his girlfriend, but he's he's kissing somebody while he has COVID? Is that serious?
1: Yeah, and then I think in the dugout even, there was like – I think, you know, a couple of the wives or girlfriends, that he's up there hugging and kissing on the – you know, like (laughs) – like, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it's irresponsible. it's, yeah, it's it just
0: you it, see Joe's comments it, crazy. Man.
1: yeah it is it, you know, and it, it, with a virus that has killed so many people in this in, in the entire world, um, and yeah, you gotta put kind of everything else aside and just make sure that you keep everybody else safe and healthy it not affect your whole team and, and, you know, the families and all that you, you got to put up. And I know the emotions run high. you know, you are doing the world serious. I know your emotions are high and you want to be out there, but you, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to hold yourself back from all that. And be, go isolate and go, you know, keep everybody else safe around you. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's such a bad, it's just such a bad luck, you know, fine there. I think that's the first picker we've seen them in a mask, you know, uh, but he, <laughs>
0: nice nice one I nice joe would put up who's this mask man yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah he should be wearing that in all of them he shouldn't be out there obviously but you know it, it's just yeah terrible it, yeah it's terrible
0: and 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 to conclude on this we listen we hope justin turner's doing well we hope he's doing fine but the mistake he made last night was going out on the field and celebrating with his teammates that was the big mistake he made last night you gotta have you gotta have a sense of of reality knowing how uh, serious this virus is, and you can't be when you have COVID nineteen. Be celebrating with with other people, you just can't be doing that. But before we, you know, before we, we wrap this up, we, let's talk about you know where where the Rays and Dodgers are going from here. We'll start with the team that lost last night, the Rays, and I still think the Rays have a really really good future. I think especially with the pitching, especially with Glass now and uh, and uh, and and Snell. I mean, those one two that's a really good one two combination. Got probably the best bullpen in baseball. And uh, offensively, I think Meadows is going to have a better regular season. Rose Arena is good. This team is going to be uh, battling with the Yankees in the AL East for the next probably four to five years.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, this is, they still have a solid team. Um, most of the guys are coming back. They definitely, you know, the re, the reason to be right there, at the Yankees, and I assume now, you know, the Red Sox are going to get back up there soon too. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be a challenging AL East years to come, but. Definitely. And now the, for this race team, too, they finally beat the Yankees. So this team ain't scared of the Yankees anymore. You know, they, you know, they, they you know, they know they can beat them. So um, it, it's going to be a fun robbery with the Yankees and Ray streets. But they definitely have a shot next year to get back to where they are. But, they, you know, American League's going to be tough next year. Um, but they got pretty much everybody coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see, you saw this rivalry this year. You saw uh, Chapman throwing at Brousseau's, Brousseau's hat. So, you, and you saw that great five game series they had. So, this Yankee Ray rivalry, I think it's right now, it's at its peak. It's at its peak. It's, it's better than it's ever been. These two teams are at its peak. And Joe just put up, put up, uh, put up a graphic there, the red favorite to win the AL in 2021. We'll see about that. See, We'll see what the Yankees do in free agency. I still think the Yankees got to upgrade their rotation, maybe see what see what they're going to do at closer. Do they just move Britton back to – move Britton to the closer? Or they keep chatting at closer? We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, the Rays are favored. It's very close between the two teams in the American League. He's going into 2021.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be fun to watch these two teams see, you know, um, doing the winner. You know, like I would assume – I think the Rays have a club option with more, and I would assume they're going to um, – re you know i assume they're going to take that option and have him come back as well next year um but yeah you know it, it's going to be a fun fun you know 18 games you know if we have a 162 game schedule it should be fun to watch this team go at it in the al east because all those games will be important for the say how of the wild card
0: game and looking at the dodgers it looks like there's a very good chance they'll be back here next year mookie this team's not going anywhere with mookie bets with cody bellinger with uh with uh, Corey Seager, with Max Muncie, with Justin Turner, this team is going nowhere. I mean, Kershaw's getting a little old, but still, they, have, they still got Walker Buehler. They'll have David Price back next year too as a number three starter. Their bullpen is not great, but it's still really good. I think the Dodgers. This is you could very easily see the Dodgers back in this spot in the World Series next year.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, I know Justin Turner's a free agent, so we'll see if they re-sign him or not. I think it's like the only big one. I think it's like him and Jimmy Nelson are like the two free agents they have on this roster right now so yeah they they pretty much have their whole core. you know this whole team coming back um they already locked up Mookie so yeah there's gonna be another dangerous team again and definitely again you know for what like the fourth fifth year in a row they'll be you know they're the favorites again in the national league to get back to the world series
0: oh absolutely absolutely I mean the, I mean the thing yeah I mean I just can't see I mean the Braves are close but I just don't see anybody in uh, as We see right here, world series out Dodgers open up as the favorites to repeat. So yeah, it's, I think we very, very easily could see the Dodgers back here in this spot uh, next year. And, and, and a closing thought on the baseball season. Yes, this was, this was a baseball season. Unlike any other, a 60 game season, uh, we had COVID issues pretty much throughout the first month of the season. That kind of calmed down. Baseball very, very smart idea going to a bubble. I give my man for credit for that, but Unfortunately, for as good of a job Manford did the last couple of months, it had to end in in, in a guy testing positive for COVID. So, I still think you know Manford. I I crushed him for a long for for a while. I think he did a good idea putting the bubble together. Yeah, there was one positive test, but overall, as much as I don't love Rob Manford as a commissioner, I still think with the circumstances this year, he did a good job getting to the finish line. I got to give him credit for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, you definitely do. I know, end of July. It was like the first second weekend of the you know MLB season, and you know there there was you know he kind of warned everybody saying this thing's about to get shut down very soon. You know this thing may not last till till Monday. Um, and yeah, they were able to kind of get it together. You know after all the rough patches that they had from you know trying to get the season restart, they get to the bubble, which yes was a great great idea. They almost made it through without zero um positive tests unfortunately yeah the final night of the year so yeah they kind of got their act together you know rob manford you know and his kind uh group kind of got it together um such a weird wacky year with 60 games and able you know able to finish it kind of all that matters, but unfortunately the final night of the year something like this had to happen
0: absolutely absolutely unfortunate but still Really, really good job by Rob Manford getting to the finish line. Because I, I remember, you know, we said, I said this earlier in the in the in the show. I remember, you know, first week of August, I thought there was no way baseball was going to finish their season, but they ended up doing it. So, Rob Manford overall did a good job this year.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, after all the, um, you know, tough start that they had, you know, that, yeah, definitely kind of finished strong. You know, finished strong. It'll be interesting to see what happens. now with baseball this winter but yeah ended up doing you know a good job getting this thing to the finish line which nobody really
0: thought was going to happen absolutely not absolutely not so good job by manford so we're going to take a quick break and after that we're going to preview week eight of the nfl but before that pick out a promo from baseball the bard
1: Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard presented by Clovercrest Media has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus
0: on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City
1: to the city, baby when well, you see us so you know I crossed off by colby we floated float in shack and then shack goes like this and the rest is history Podcasting. pay attention don't tell me what to do Podcasting. devil woman so what you saying what we saying Prime but I of those ladies but, but i hold on Fun. but i didn't make i didn't make i said denver's gonna win yeah
0: you did you said that hey, there's no other show like that clover Quest is doing great things right now streaming everywhere Thank you, Tyler and, and uh, Trevor. Check out uh, Baseball with the Bard every Sunday. Tyler and Noah they talk everything everything baseball, especially Yankees. Break down the Yankees and Red Sox. So check that out. And don't forget to check out Keys of the City every Tuesday and Friday. The Keys Bros do a great job, so check that out as well. But we got to get to uh, week eight of the NFL season, and we're going to start with a big with a big move. The Buccaneers on Friday, and they signed uh, Antonio Brown. So Tom Brady he recruited him to come to the Buccaneers. Your guy Tom Brady keeps recruiting guy Fournette, fornette, Brown. This offense is getting more loaded as getting better and better as the days go on. But yeah, Tom Brady, they signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is here, I think that he, he has to, uh, he's going to have to be, he's got to be on his best behavior because they've made it clear if any nonsense he's going to be gone immediately. This is a, this is a, a low risk, uh high reward deal for the, for the Buccaneers. Uh, if you look and now looking at this, this offense, I mean, Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. This offense is going to look really, really, really good uh, 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 right now. I mean, this, right right now, the Buccaneers. I'm still picking the Seahawks as the taking picking the Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl because I picked it from day one, and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not going off it with the quarterback like Russell Wilson. I'm not giving up on him, so I'm still sticking with Seattle to be the best team in the NFC. But to me, Tampa Bay is a very close second. But I can't I can't leave Seattle. I can't. Uh, not not take Seattle but Tampa Bay the close second looking at this team I mean I mean you look at the defense it's one of the top defenses in the league with Devin White uh, uh, Levante David Shaq Barrett the Sioux, uh, and Sue. in the secondary you got Antoine Winfield Jr so yeah I mean the Buccaneers look like so a lot of people think they're maybe even the best team in the NFL a lot of people think they're the best team in the NFC so we'll see what happens there with the Bucks. but this week the Bucs should have an easy game because they play my Giants at MetLife Stadium on Monday night and Yes, the Giants have been competitive, but the problem with the Giants all year long has been they just have not been able to close out games, and that was and that was clearly evident last week in Philadelphia when they had that 11-point lead with six minutes to go, and they gave that game away. They're just another brutal, brutal loss for the giants. But the thing is this week is that the giants are playing a much more talented team in the Buccaneers. Yes. The Buccaneers are going to be without, are going to be without Chris Godwin. He's one of their better, obviously he's one of their better receivers. So in this game, I think the giants may stay in it early. I think they'd be able to, they, they might take an early lead, may take like an early, like three, nothing or seven, nothing lead. They might stay in it early, They're kind of similar to the Pittsburgh game. I think they might have the lead maybe, maybe, you know, in the first quarter, maybe a little bit in the second quarter, but, In the second half, I think Tampa Bay is going to take over. I think they're going to run the ball for enough yards with Fournette and Jones. I think Brady will throw a couple touchdown passes. And I think, I think on offense, the giants are going to have a very, very difficult time running the football against this Tampa Bay front. This is the best run defense in football. So, so, uh, they're going to have a difficult time doing that. And they're, and I think the bucks are going to be, you know, getting pressure on Daniel Jones all game long. I do think that, uh, I do think that Jones might make some plays with Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard who's probably going to play. So they might make some plays in that Tampa Bay secondary, as we saw last year when the Bucs played the Giants. Daniel Jones did make some plays in that Tampa secondary, but that Tampa front seven is is too much for the for the Giants. And I got the Bucs winning on Monday night. 27-13 over the Giants.
1: Yeah, I got Tampa 34 to 20 on the road. Um, you know, yeah, for the Giants, you know, it's just building that kind of winning culture. They gotta be able to find that, you know. They get rid of the losing, you know, get, you know, it look, you know, I think Ingram catches that ball. It's, they win the game. You know, it, it's kind of plays like that, that have to go your way. Got to be able to make to win the game. Um, and they put well on the road. You know, again, the turnover still hurt them, but with three of them, um, but yeah, I, you know, thing on Tampa adding AB is just uh, another weapon for Brady. You know, he's loving all these new toys. It's definitely, you know, low risk, kind of high reward because they, because they have so many leaves in that locker room. They won't let AB kind of be a diva, and if he is, you know, um, that will end very, very quickly. But, yeah, I just I – I think the Giants will be able to score some points early on, but I think, you know, Tampa will still settle in like they kind of did last week against the Raiders, um, kind of pull away a bit. And I, I just see the, the Giants – Having a tough time stopping um, the Bucks' offense, and and then yeah, the Bucks' pass rush I think could have a big day against the Giants, and Daniel Jones could be hit a lot.
0: Oh, I think I think the I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. Andrew Thomas has been absolutely terrible this year. I don't want to be tough on a rookie, but he just he's been for his head at left tackle. The the offensive line has been one of the worst in the league. It's just going to be so hard for them for the Giants to run the ball. They're just going to the thing about the Giants is they're going to have to make plays in that secondary. I mean, I mean on, on the your secondary, but it's just going to be hard to see them doing that, especially with Evan Ingram the way he's been playing recently. He just can't catch the ball. I mean, they're just going to they're going to need a big game out of Slayton, and they're going to need a big game out of Shepard for them to even compete in this game against Tampa Bay. And, and I don't also another way they would be able to compete is that they can get pressure on brady i think interior pressure is the key leonard williams has to have the game of his life he's got to be really good in the run game and he's got to get pre- pressure on brady that's the only way the giants compete in this game
1: yeah yeah you because know, your defense has been good all year it's just you know,
0: it's it, it's it's been good but and listen part of this is because the offense can't stay on the field Mm-hmm. But it's been good. But when it's mattered the most, this defense has defense hasn't made the big stop. You, two bad quarterbacks have driven down the field to score touchdowns. To, to I mean, Andy Dalton drove down the field uh, to get the Dallas got a field game winning field goal. Then uh, Kyle Allen drove down the field to, for the Redskins to get, which should have been the game tying touchdown, but they ended up going for two. And then last week, Carson Wentz uh, gives up two drives when the Giants are up by eleven points late in the game. So the defense has been good, but it hasn't been good when it's needed to be good.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just got to, you know, got to be able to finish games. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely kind of been, you know, you don't want to put all the blame on the off. But, yeah, you know, they've been defense the last few weeks too. They're Pretty much all year have been on the field a lot, and it just they just wear down. I just, you know, with a lot of young pieces, I just, you know, wear down towards the end of the game. You got to, yeah, you definitely got to be able to make the stop to kind of make that next step. To, but, yeah, it, you know, hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you know, I think it'll definitely come. Hopefully, for them next few weeks. I don't know, if, you know, after the Bucks, you you have to watch in and the Eagles. So, two games you could possibly win there, going head into a bye. Um, but yeah, you know, this, this is the defense could be in for a rough one if you know the offense can't stay on the field, especially just how good this offense is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you keep the Giants' defense is good, but as Joe has said all year, if you keep this defense on the field. They're going to get exposed, and this offense will absolutely expose them. Mm-hmm. But we got to go from Tom Brady's uh, new team to his old team, and that's the New England Patriots, and they are struggling, and their offense has been absolutely terrible the last three weeks. Cam Newton has been terrible. Their skill position guys have been have been absolutely terrible as well. They have trouble running the football. They just can't do anything right offensively. And even last week defensively against the Niners, they, 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 they didn't do well either. They could not stop the run at all. Against the 49ers, so I mean, this is a this is a huge game this week for the Patriots. This is a game that if they don't win this game, they're not making the playoffs. They need they need this is a must win for the Patriots in Buffalo this week and buffalo yes they're a good team but i wouldn't put them in the top four i think that kansas city baltimore tennessee and pittsburgh are definitely better teams than the bills right now i mean i think the bills last week had a sluggish effort against the jets that was that that they they ended up winning the game by one score yes they kicked six field goals but they ended up winning the game by one score so the bills didn't play that well last week against the jets and they still came away with the win because of the team they played but for this game I think this is a close competitive AFCs battle. I think that both teams have success on the ground. I do think the Patriots have success on the ground. I think the Bills have success on the ground. I think it's a. I think that there's a lot of field goals kicked in this game. There's not a lot of touchdowns. I think it's a, it's a game where the teams move the ball, but there'll be a lot of field goals. But I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback and the quarterback that'll make less mistakes. And I do think Cam's going to make some mistakes this game. He's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. I think Josh Allen makes less mistakes than Cam Newton. And in a close competitive AFCs game, I'm going to take the Bills to beat the Patriots 23-16.
1: Yeah, I got the Bills 27-17. Um, so this is kind of what I'm thinking of Cam right now. He's had the shoulder surgery. And I know – and because he was missing guys, you know, balls are short. Balls are five, six yards away from his wide receivers. Sometimes just hold on to the ball too long. You know, I just don't know if it's kind of that shoulder, you know – Kind of, you know, it's bothering him again that that he's had a surgery on that right shoulder. I don't know if that's it. He says it's not injury wise. Bill says it's not injury wise. I don't. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm seeing. Because the first few weeks he looked great, and it's kind of since he's come back from COVID, he's not been the same. Um, again, the weapons really don't help you out at all. Again, I just you can't keep leaning leaning on a 34 year old Julia Edelman that you know every week. He plays, but it seems like he's yeah, really he's, good,
0: so. he's not played that well this year either, though. Let's be honest, he's not played that well either.
1: No, not since that Seattle game. I, I think because he was banged up Seattle game. I think there's something actually really wrong, injury wise, with him this year. And I, you know, in knowing him, he's gonna try to play through it all year. But, um, and again, I think teams know too. That's the only guy that can beat you on the and for this um, weapons wise. You know, he's the only guy that can really beat you. Again, Harry's. Her, I don't. He didn't pry today. I assume he's gonna be out. He really has been a bust. I'm trying to. I, I think I'm like the one Patriot fan that's still trying to be optimistic about him. But You're like, honestly,
0: yeah, you probably are the one Patriot fan that's trying to be optimistic about Harry. He has got a couple of concussions though. Yeah, that's the one thing. But yeah, you are the one Patriot fan that's optimistic about Harry. And you know your organization. You know, you guys passed on DK Metcalf, AJ Brown to get this guy too.
1: Yeah, and so I'm losing that optimistic optimism every week but I, i'm still trying to stay hopeful that he can turn into the guy
0: that we drafted you must have time. liked him at, at arizona state
1: i thought he was a you know i thought i thought he was pretty solid it was you know his first year two under um herm edwards so i think you know herm probably had a lot of you know again kind of told belichick you know to get this guy you know i i thought he was a solid player at arizona state um you now so i I did. I wanted Metcalf and AJ Brown over him. You know, he was kind of the third option there, but unfortunately, we got him the first. And yeah, so far, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown have looked totally better. But, uh, all the wide receivers drafted after him looked a lot better. Um, but look, you know, and then kind of the last point for me with the Pats is this defense was supposed to be the strength, especially in the secondary, and it had not been great this year. Um, now, you know, Get with Gilmore's contract expiring at the end of the year, Um, and knowing the Patriots' way, they're not going to resign him because of the money.
0: Oh, I could see if they lose this game, Gilmore's gone. I think they lose this game, Gilmore's gone. They trade him at the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, I I, you know, I would not shock me either. I don't think you're going to get a first-rounder from him, but, again, you could maybe try to get a second, maybe a late first-rounder if it's somebody that's desperate to have won a corner in the secondary, maybe. Um, but, you know, especially if we lose this game, I'm kind of more. All right, let's just kind of build for the future here. Let's kind of, you know, let's let's rebuild here in the draft. But and speaking of that, especially if we lose this game too, you know, we're two and five. I know it's it would be we're two and five. We're still early, but I love Kyle Pitts out of Florida. The way we're playing, it may not be out of the question that we can maybe uh, draft him. I love that Kyle Pitts on on this team, but last few weeks have been. Uh, very disappointing. I just never seen a lackluster effort from the Patriots like that. I never thought I would see a lackluster effort when Bill Belichick was a, as a coach, like they did last week. That was absolutely embarrassing to watch. I know there's no fans at the stadium, but I'm still trying to get used to this getting blown out thing. I'm not used to it yet. And yeah, it, it just, I, I would, I was just shock watching that game. I, I was hey. shocked to watch how just, uh, i just i'm just shocked how bad they played
0: yeah i mean the thing yeah i mean and that's what happens when tom brady leaves tom brady sets that level of competitiveness every single week he makes it he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game one of the greatest nfl players to ever play the game and he sets that level of intensity every single week you're seeing what he's doing in tampa now he's he's turning that around so i mean belichick you here's the here's the one thing you can debate if belichick's the greatest coach ever you can never debate that tom brady's uh, not the greatest quarterback of all time. He is clearly the greatest quarterback of all time. Cause you look at Belichick, he's an, I'm not saying Belichick isn't an outstanding coach. He is, but his record is under 500 without Brady. And I know a lot of great coaches, you know, they, they, they ha- a lot of great coaches have to have great players with them. Obviously you feel Jackson and Kobe and, and Jordan great, great coaches do have great players with them. But if you're going to tell me who is more responsible for the Patriots dynasty, there's no debate. It's Tom Brady over bill Belichick. Cause you're seeing this year, Oh, uh, what's happening? What's what's happening right now with the what's happening with the Patriots? What's happening with the Bucks? You're completely seeing who is more responsible for the Pats' dynasty.
1: Yeah, you are starting to see that. I, you yeah. know, I'd never wanted to make that assumption yet, but you're you're really starting to see it because Brady did, you know, pretty much with the same weapons that they had this year and last year. You know, there's not really much change at all, and Brady won, you know, eleven, twelve games last year. So,
0: yeah. You know. But granted, the defense was better last yeah. year, but still. If that, that Denver game, there's no way Brady loses that game. No way at yeah. all.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think Brady finds a way to beat Denver. Brady finds a way to beat Kansas city. And, you know, again, you know, who knows, you know, they lost by 27 last week. So yeah, you know, they had Brady, you know, they, they could be sitting right now, maybe one of five. Cause yeah, they find a way to beat, you know. Um, you, you mean, you mean, you mean five and one? Yeah. I meant five. Yeah. Yeah. I meant five. Yeah. Five and one. Cause they'd find a way to beat. they probably find a way too to beat Seattle. You know, they they find a way to win three, four of those. You know, three of the four, four of the losses. So yeah, you uh, know, they definitely do.
0: I'd probably say four and two or three and three. I, I at least three and three, maybe four and two for me. That, that that would be that would, if they still had Brady. That would that would be my record because just because the defense isn't as good as it was last right. year. And now, but yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I but yeah, it's don't just. On, man. Yeah. It's just been a, just a complete struggle for this team. It's just, and, 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 and again, Cam Newton's been terrible. And, and the offensive skill guys are just are, are awful on this team and the offensive line is shaky too. So the offense has been, they're a bottom five offense. That's, that's the reality right now.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going downhill fast too. You know, after the Seattle game, I don't know. And I never remember we talked about the next week, you know, I, I was not a fan of one of these people that wanted to give him the next five, six year extension here and, and let him be the guy, you know, I was not at that point yet. And, we're starting to kind of see that, you know, it's just, you know, Newton's not the guy – you know, Newton's not what he used to be with, unfortunately, all the injuries he's had. It's worked for a few weeks, but it doesn't really seem like, you know, you know, it, it's going to change. And, look, if they lose two – this me maybe my last point – I'd rather just see Jarrett send play there. If you really think is the guy, let him start playing
0: after this game.
1: Just, yeah. Just let him go, you know. Just, just, it's, and we'll find out if Sinem's actually the guy or not.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think if they lose if they lose this game, I think Cam gets benched. I think I think it's over for Cam if they lose to the Bills this week. But going from Cam's uh, new team to his old team, tomorrow night the Panthers play the Falcons on Thursday Night Football. And you're, I'm going to surprise some people a little bit with this pick. I'm taking the Falcons in this game, and here's the reason why. The Panthers don't stop the run that well, so I think Ty Gurley redeem himself this week and he'll have a pretty good game of the ground. Panthers don't get that. Don't get, don't get pressure on the quarterback. So I think that Matt Ryan will have a good day uh, through the air. And I think the Falcons move the ball a lot in this game. I think they and I think they put up 30 points in this game. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have trouble playing from behind because they're not, in my opinion, they're not going to have Christian McCaffrey. They're going to sit him out one more week. They're not going to bring him back to the short week. So the Falcons, the Falcons defense is they do stop the run pretty well. So I think they do that. And then they force Porter to beat them. GJ Moore and Robbie Anderson will make their play, make their plays but they're not going to make enough plays. And I got the Falcons winning this game tomorrow night and I got them winning at 30 to 20 over the Panthers.
1: I'm mean, going with the Panthers 27 to 21 over the Falcons. Um, you know, I think for the Falcons, they could have, they should have won last week. You know, uh, I think that that was the third launch this year that they had at one point in the in fourth, the fourth quarter where they had a 96% chance to win um the game they lost it
0: yeah you think the Giants give away games the Falcons give the, the Falcons are on a whole nother level I mean you look at the loss to the Cowboys the loss of the Bears and the loss uh to the Lions it's at a whole nother level there aren't nobody on the Falcons level of blowing games in this league or blowing games this year one is I mean no. you could argue and I don't like to do this but you could seriously argue that team should be uh four, should they're, they're one in six they should be four and three. I mean, I don't like doing that. Cause I'm kind of a, you are what you are kind of, kind of guy, but they really should be one and six. Cause they, the way they've lost games this year has been absolutely absurd. I mean, I've, I've honestly never seen anything like it.
1: No, I, I completely agree with you, especially with that offense. You know, I know the defense isn't great, but yeah, though, you know, they they should have won those three games. They, they should be sitting there four and three when that offense, this team definitely has a, you know, Obviously they don't have a chance anymore to make the playoffs. You know, I don't they're not running, you know, five, six games in a row here. You know, but begin the season the team had had, you know, um potential with this offense, how good it could, you know, with all the weapons that they do have. Uh, they, you know, they just cannot close out games for some odd reason. You know, um, they just they just haven't really since um Dan Quinn's been, you know, the last few years, pretty much since the Super Bowl. They really struggled to close out games. Um, but the first time, you know, I was impressed the way the Falcons ran the ball. I think Gurley had 120 yards. Um, but I really like the Panthers, the way they're playing. they kind of went to the Super I know the Saints are not playing very well right now. But I think Carolina Thursday night, I like to take the home teams on Thursday nights with the short week. Um, I know it's a divisional game. But I think, you know, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to do enough in the passing game. And I think, you know, he can leave him down for a game when he touchdown.
0: Yeah, we should be trusting Justin. He, he leads in picks, so we should be trusting Justin about those Thursday night games, about those, about, about those picks, but we'll move on to an AFC North matchup in Baltimore. and This is a big game between the 6-0 uh, six, six and oh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, the only undefeated team in the league, heading to Baltimore to face the 5-1 Baltimore Ravens, and here's a move that no one has been talking about, is the Ravens getting yannick and the vikings tra- last week because of all the antonio brown news you know the vikings traded yannick and to the ravens and this, this 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 is a big move and here, here's the reason why this, this is going this is going to go all the way to when the to the one the ravens gonna to have to play that might have to play the chiefs again in the playoffs the reason the ravens made this move was to try to beat kansas city and here's why they're seeing the way teams are playing in kansas city they're daring them to run the football and 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 the next time the Ravens play Kansas City, they're not going to blitz them. Even though that they're the Ravens blitz the second most of any team in the league outside of the Steelers, the Ravens are not going to blitz them this time. They're going to try to get pressure with four and having an Ndakwe paired with Calais, Campbell. That the, the reason and and maybe and, and they also could play some zone coverage too in the secondary. That's the reason they made this move was to, was to beat Kansas City. That's why they got Yannick Ndakwe. Now moving on to the game against the Steelers, I think in this game. I know a lot of people are picking the Steelers, but I think the Steelers are 6-0. But to me, there's no way the Steelers are the best team in, in the AFC. Look at the teams they've played and look at the fact their quarterback is still good, but he's not in his, he's, he's out of his prime. And, and that showed last week in the second half of the seat in the second half against the Titans. I think in this game, I think the Ravens, without Devin Bush, I think they have success running the ball. I think this is a game where the Ravens play from in front. I think Lamar Jackson makes, makes plays in this game. I, think he may, I don't think he turns the ball over. And I think on defense, yes, Big Ben will make his plays in, in this game, but I think he has a couple turnovers. And I think they get pressure on him with Nindakwe and with Campbell. And this is a close competitive AFC North battle, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. And I still think the Ravens are a better team than the Steelers, and they're going to prove it this week. I got the Ravens beating the Steelers 23-17.
1: I'm going to take the Steelers going on the road 24-21. I think this is a reason why. I You know, if the Steelers can come out like they did in the first half in Tennessee and absolutely just blow them off the line like they did and just manhandle them up front, they definitely win this game. The thing is, I and I also think, too, they're going to rely a lot on the running game, and I think they're not going to rely on Big Ben to kind of win this game. I think they're going to try to keep Lamar Jackson, that offense, off the field. And especially, I think, you know, they can get out to an early lead and have to make Lamar Jackson throw. They're gonna make you know, and I think the Steelers too are gonna make sure that Lamar Jackson will not beat him with his legs. I think they're gonna force Lamar to make some make some plays with make some plays with his arm. And I still don't know if I if if you know I trust him to do that and beat a good Steeler team. Um I know they you know then Bush out for the year, but they you know they still got Watt. Um, you know, and Bud Dupree up uh you know off front and i i you know i'm I'm gonna take the seals to go on the road i know the say i know they've they've kind of gone out the big leads and they've really kind of let the opponents back in but i feel like this is the week where the Steelers play 60 minutes of football
0: we got an nfc north matchup in green bay as the viking the one in five vikings head to uh to green bay to face i the i think it's the the five, I think it's the five and one pack. I'm not sure if it's five and one or six and one. I think the five and one Packers. So the Vikings, yeah, there's one and five, five and one. We got it there. So the, the Vikings face the Packers. Second time they played this year, uh, Packers beat them in Minnesota uh, in the opening game of the season. Uh, but for this game, I, I think the Viking defense is absolutely terrible now that they've traded in Dockway. I think their their corners are awful. I think Aaron Rodgers has a huge day against this defense, just like the first time. And you know the Vikings might have some success running the ball for a little bit, but they're going to get way too far behind, or they're going to force Kirk Cousins to throw. And then you know, Preston Smith and Darius Pre- Smith—they're going to pressure on Kirk Cousins. This game's going to be a blowout. I got, I got, I got the Packers winning this game, 34-17 over the Vikings. Yeah, I got the Packers
1: thirty-eight to twenty-seven. I think you know the. Pa- I think it's like last time when the Packers have a huge lead in the fourth quarter. It's like you know the the Vikings like score like a late touchdown here to make it respectable. Um and i think that's kind of what's gonna happen this again this time um they should have dalvin cook back which could help but you know again i there's just no way they're gonna slow down Aaron Rodgers. It, i know Rodgers. you know for the most part i know hasn't played the greatest competition really um you know i guess you know they beat the saints but i know the bucks game he really struggled but i really like the way Rodgers played the rest of the game i feel like he just has another strong performance and last time, too, the Packers had the ball for 40 minutes of that game, and I feel like they're going to use the same formula again, um, especially to, just, to make sure that the Vikings cannot, will not have success running the football.
0: We got the most lopsided game of the week, and that's the Jets traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. And this is a game where the Chiefs could win this game by any score they want. They're just going to run the ball all over the place against the Jets. They're going to – will have probably three or four touchdown passes. And defensively, the Jets aren't going to be able to run the ball. I don't think they're able to block Chris Jones. I think he's going to dominate this game. I, I don't think the Jets – I think the Jets may score maybe 10 points because the Chiefs might put their backups in. This is probably the most lopsided game of the year. I got the Chiefs winning 41-10 and it still boggles my mind why Adam Gay still has a job.
1: I got the Chiefs 38 to 13. Um you know the Jets showed great 30 minutes last week <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah. And then
0: yeah. they
1: they had 4 yards of offense. 4
0: total yards of offense. <laughs> that is <laughs> that, that that cannot be more pathetic. 4 total yards of offense. And, and then the offensive genius still has a coaching job. Uh, that makes no sense at all.
1: Uh, I I I I don't know. I just like kept... I I am not for worry yet that this guy still has a job. I just I'm telling. I still believe that he runs that organization right now. I still think you know he he's the one in that organization that they can't. He's untouchable. I really do right now.
0: Uh, we'll see. We'll see if you're right after the bye week. Okay. We'll guess, we'll hold we'll hold you to that statement till after. Dude. We'll see if right. you're right after the bye week. I'm holding you to that statement. All right. All right. I'm um, holding you to that.
1: All right. I, I'm I'm pretty confident that. Of everything I see that he's the guy, yeah, he's untouchable in that, in that organization right now. And yeah, I, I think the chief starters will be out by halftime and I, this will be one of the easier games for Patrick Mahomes and this offense. Uh, this, you know, this should, this should be, okay. again, the, the Jets defense has not been awful, but they, you know, their their offense doesn't really help them out, but yeah, this, uh, yeah, this is going to be an absolute, uh, yeah, but this is going to be one of the worst games of the year.
0: It's two a time in Miami as the Rams travel to Miami to face the Dolphins. And this is going to be a really interesting game. I, I, I think in this game, I think that the Rams can run the ball. It's a big difference uh, uh, from, from this year to last year is their ability to run the ball with Dontrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown and Cam Aker. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball against the Dolphins. I think Jared Goff will have a pretty good game. But I think Tua is going to have a good game, too. I, I really do think Tua is going to play well against this Rams defense. Rams is another trip to the East Coast, so de- they might be a little rusty this week uh, going to Miami. So I think Tua has, has a pretty good game, too. I think he gets the ball to Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki. I think Gaskin's got some yards on the ground. But I think the difference in this game is I think the Rams are going to make a play on defense. Either Aaron Donald picks off Tua or, or – uh, no, Aaron Donald gets a big sack on Tua or uh, Jalen Ramsey picks Tua off. So it's going to be one of those two guys making a play on defense. And in a close, competitive game, I got Sean McVay beating Brian Flores. You got the Rams beating the Dolphins, 27-20.
1: Yeah, I got the Rams on the road, twenty-four to twenty. Rams have been playing well. You know, I was impressed with the way they played against the Bears. That's you know, that Bears defense is really good. Uh, their defense played well. I know Nick Foles is not the greatest starting quarterback in the world, but I thought the defense was really, really good for that for them. Um, I, have been impressed the way golf has been playing so far. It, yeah. The, that three headed monster they have in the backfield where they can go do on any down has really benefited them in their offense. Um, and yeah, for two, I think he's going to be, re- I think he's going to be a great, great. I think he's going to be a really, really good quarterback in this league. Just like we're seeing with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow right now, but it's, this isn't going to be the week that we're going to see that. I think he's going to struggle with this Rams defense. Um, you know, coming off the bye could help. You now, you know the extra week for prepara- preparation here, but I just don't. I, I see this being a really tough game to get anything going for the Dolphins, and I'm gonna take the Rams go on the road 24 to 20 and move to six and two.
0: Got a very interesting AFC matchup in Cleveland as the Raiders travel to Cleveland to face the Browns. But before that, we got to talk about the big injury the Browns unfortunately suffered on uh on on Sunday after Baker Mayfield's interceptions. Odell Beckham. Tears his ACL. He's out for the season. Sad because it's the second major injury for Odell Beckham in the last four years. And and uh people that sit here and say that, you know, the Browns are better without OBJ. Uh, I'm not buying that yet. I mean, I, I know Baker played well his rookie year before OBJ got there, but there was one team he beat with a winning record, and that was the Ravens with Joe Flacco as a quarterback. So that really doesn't count. It's because Lamar Jackson didn't play. So he really has not beaten a team with a winning record. Uh, without Odell Beckham, so he definitely needs Odell Beckham to be in the lineup for him to be successful. And for this game, I think this is a close, competitive game. But I'm going to take the, the better quarterback and, in this game. I'm going to take Derek Carr Baker Mayfield. I think Derek Carr uh, makes some plays, gets the ball to Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. I think Josh Jacobs has a good day on the ground. And I think that you know, I think I think that the Browns are a little banged up. Chubb won't play this game either, so Kareem Hunt will have a pretty good good day on the ground. But I think. Mayfield makes some mistakes. I think he throw, has, has a couple turnovers in this game. The first game without Odell, I think Jarvis emotionally is, is a little upset upset with not having Odell there. We know how close Odell and Jarvis are. So, I think I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm going to take the Raiders to beat the Browns 31-24.
1: I got the Browns getting the home win 31-27. I always, you know, I, I never know we you're going to get out the Raiders when they play an early kick one o'clock game yeah because remember
0: the patriot game they got blown out they
1: did you know they beat the Panthers. but they
0: but but they did beat the they beat the Panthers, and they did beat the Chiefs though. but that was mid, that was mid uh, they're in the midwest though
1: yeah they, yeah and then you know then you go back to like, last year where they got actually pummeled against the jets and then you know then they beat indy on the road though i know like you never know what you're gonna get from the raiders in an early kickoff um but i you know I like the way if Baker Mayfield comes out and plays like he did kind of after that 0 for 5 start and he finished 20 for 21. I think you know the Browns come out and win this game. I think they put up enough points. Um, you know, definitely unfortunate what happened with OBJ. But um, you know, I you know, I think the Browns are gonna be able to do enough. I think they have a big game on the ground. And for the in the Raiders last week, I know they lost by 25, but it really did not feel like a 25 point loss a couple calls went against them and
0: yeah and it was a four-point game in the fourth quarter too
1: it it, kind of just spiraled out of control yeah there there was uh, questionable calls against the raiders that really turned that game upside down and you know and tampa took advantage of it like they usually you know like brady usually does but uh i got the browns moving you know, to six and two
0: wow Who who would have thought the cleveland browns at six and two with baker mayfield as their quarterback
1: I got I them eight and eight this year going in.
0: I did too. I had him eight and eight.
1: Yeah, it's they're right there. Oh yeah, you know for Brown fans,
0: absolutely. It shows you how how, how making a coaching change makes a difference. Because Kevin's the fancy; he's a good coach.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We've, we've definitely seen it so far. You know, pretty much kind of mostly the same roster from last year with Freddie Kitchens and how bad of a disaster that turned out to be.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we got an interconference matchup in Detroit as the four and two Colts traveled to Detroit to face the three and three Lions, who got very lucky last week against the uh, against the Falcons. They should have lost that game. But I think for this game, yes, the Lions have the better quarterback. We all know that. Matthew Stafford is definitely right now clearly better than Phillip Rivers, but I think I think the Colts have the better overall team, and the Colts the Colts absolutely have the better coach. And in this game, I think the Colts have success on the ground, uh, running the ball with uh, with Jonathan Taylor. I still think the Colts protect, even though the Lions got Everson Griffin and everyone's and everyone's making a little bit of making a little bit of a big deal about that. Uh, I still don't think that's that big of a pickup. I, I think they'll be able to protect Phillip Rivers. I think they'll be able to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. And I think the Colts will be able to put up put, put up about 24 points in this game. And for the Lions, I do think that, you know, they'll be able to move the ball a little bit on the Colts because Matthew Stafford's good. He'll get the ball to Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. But I think they're going to struggle to run the ball. And I think it's going to be the difference in the game. The Colts will control the, control the clock. And I think the Lions will make some plays with, with Stafford and Galladay. But I think this game comes down to a game where Matthew Stafford has the ball in his hands at the end. And this time, he doesn't get the job done because the Colts defense is good. And I got the Colts beating the Lions 24 to 20.
1: And I get pretty much the same food as you. I got 23 to 20 Indianapolis going on the road again, the wind coming out the bye. Um, Yeah, I, I definitely with you there. I think the Colts, are, I think this is another game where they're just able, to, they get out in front, they're able to use that running game. And, you know, they don't really have to rely on Phillip Rivers, because that's when their offense is at their best. When they need Phillip Rivers to make plays and have to come back with his arm, it will not happen for the most part this year, unless they're playing one of the worst secondaries in the league. Um, yeah. For the Lions, they got absolutely lucky um, last week. Again, you know, I guess we have to give them some credit for winning two straight out of the buy here, but um, I think they're going to really struggle this week against um, the Colts. You know, I think they're often to struggle against the Colts um, and their defense, you know, if their defense can force rivers into some turnovers and create a short field for the offense, they definitely can win this game. But I just don't see that happening. I I think, you know, Rivers and the Colts are able to manage this game and keep the ball out of Stafford's hands and keep it even out of Phil Rivers' hands for throwing it.
0: We got an AFC matchup in Cincinnati as the Titans travel to Cincinnati to face the uh, Bengals. And for this game... I do think the game is going to be a little bit closer than people think. I mean, the Bengals got Carlos Dunlap out of their locker room today. They traded him to the Seahawks. He was a distraction on that team. Got into it with the defensive coordinator after Baker Mayfield drove down the field to beat them last week, so they got him out of there. I think, that, But I do think this is a competitive game, but definitely Derrick Henry's going to have his way on the ground. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's going to have a big day through the air, getting the ball to Corey Davis and uh, A.J. Brown. I got the Titans putting up 30 in this game. But for the Bengals, I think Joe Burrow was a big game because the Titans have, as you saw last week, the Titans have, have, have a big issue getting off the field on third down defensively this team has been average to below average this season especially getting to the quarterback titans have had a lot of problems getting to the quarterback so i think joe burrow was a big game this uh uh th- this week i think he keeps up with that titan offense but at the end of the day i got the titans who know how to win games uh winning this game and the Bengals who lose a lot of close games losing this game i got the, the titans beating the Bengals 30 to 24.
1: I got Tennessee 34 24, and I actually have the number because the Tennessee has, yes, has been awful game in the field third down. 61% the opponents are converting against the Titans on third down. 61%, which is. Wow.
0: Well, you know, the, the, no wonder he had to wait this long to get a job. He just has not been what the Titans have hoped for at all. Yeah, he
1: hasn't. Now, I think this is a week he definitely be going. This Bengals lineage, I know the Titans have not got past this at all. But I feel like with how yeah, the him.
0: Bengals probably the worst offensive line in football. But obviously Joe, but Joe Burrow's mobile and he can make plays mm-hmm. though. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, he can. He definitely can. I, I just feel like, you know, this kind of this could be the the you know breakout week for Clowney, maybe get some going, get some confidence back into him. And then I, I also just think that the Titans with there's no way that the Bengals are out there, Henry. I think they just I think they you know man just manage the clock, manage the game. I think. Joe Burrow, they keep the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands and a chance to you know win this game or have a game winning drive. And I think that's why it's a two score game. Um, I think the they are able to just um, control the game uh, or yeah, control you know control the clock.
0: Yeah, I, I think they'll be able to do that as well. But we got to move on to the four o'clock games, and we got a, an NFC matchup of two playoff hopeful teams in Chicago as the Saints travel up to Chicago to face the Bears. And uh, in this game, uh, I, I think the Saints control this game. Because the one weakness of the Bears' defense is their run defense. is all that Monday night. I think the Bears control this game on the ground with Alvin Kamara and, uh, and Latavius Murray. Breeze, I, I don't care if Michael Thomas plays or not, because I think Breeze is going to use Kamara in the pass game. And for the Bears, their offense is a complete mess right now. And you heard what Nick Foles told Brian Greasy in the Monday night broadcast, that there are plays he knows that the Bears, that, that aren't going to work. The Bears can't protect. He knows there's plays that Matt Nagy calls that the bears can't even protect. And that's just not, that's not a good sign. I mean, that's just not a good sign at all. And Matt Nagy, and I like Matt Nagy. I think he's, I still think he's done a decent job in Chicago, but he's got to call plays that suits his player skill sets. He can't be, you know, uh, uh, you know, running. He's got to get a little more. He's got to uh, add more crossing routes, check downs. He's got to add plays. Not that these D you can't throw You can't be throwing the ball deep with a bad offensive line and not great weapons. You got to, you got to call plays based on your personnel. And I think, and, and as Nick Foles said on the broadcast, i to Brian Gracie, that's what the Bears just are not doing right now. That's why their offense right now is a mess. They're they're five and two, but a big reason they're five and two is two teams handed them games. The Falcons and the Lions handed them games. They're very very lucky they're not three and four right now. So I think they're yeah the Bears offense is a mess. And with Allen Robinson this week in concussion protocol, and that was the reason why I thought this game might even be close because he might, he could make a difference against the Saints secondary that's been struggling. I think with him in concussion protocol and him having a chance not to play i think the bears are going to have some trouble i think the saints get pressure on nick Foles. we all know the bears can't run the ball at all their running game is absolutely terrible they can't do anything on the ground i i think the bears are gonna have a hard time on offense against this against this saints defense and i did say originally 24 17 but i'll change my prediction i got the saints beating the bears 24 to 13 this week uh sunday afternoon in chicago yeah
1: i got the saints going their own 21 to 16 um I, uh, yeah, without my time, they should still be able to get it done um, on the road. And the Saints, I know they're sitting there for it too, but they have not looked at it at all. And I know I picked them to win the Super Bowl, and I'm I'm – Really, we re- starting to regret that twice right now.
0: Um, I mean, listen, listen, listen. They're still a good football team. They are. I mean, Brees isn't the quarterback he once was, but he's still pretty good. Alvin Kamara is one of the top backs in the league. They have been playing without Michael Thomas, but they're still four and two. The only issue is defensively, the back end has really struggled. Still got a really good front seven, though. They're still, let's, let's, let's say, yes, they're not as good as people thought because their roster is not as good as people thought, but they're still a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, you think so? I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I need to say They're still, a like, they're still like, they're still like, they're, I know. I mean, they're they're still a contender. I mean, they still can make a run, I think.
1: I I, I agree. They can make a run. I just don't see it really happening at this point. I, I, you know, I just need to see a full 60 minutes from the team. I have not been impressed with this team at all. Um, You know, again, that Monday night game, they should have lost against the Chargers. You know, um, they lost to the Raiders on the road after, you know, they had a strong first quarter, you know, and they kind of just fell apart after that. Um, it's kind of disappointing to see Michael Thomas be an issue in that locker room now too, you know, cause he was, you know, um, he's always a quiet kind
0: of guy. Yeah. And I, and I've heard rumors. They, they might trade him. It, may, it, it yeah. might not be the injury there. He might just be such a uh, pain in the neck in that line that the, that the Saints just can't take it anymore. Wow. wow. Who would have thought that a year ago? I know he was considered, I, he was considered before the season, one of the best receiver football.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was. And it, yeah, it's, it's weird. What's going on with him. You know, he's never been like this till this year. So I I just don't know what's happened. You know, it's crazy to think about. And man, if they trade him, that will be some big, big news. And, you know, could change a team's future, right? That, you know, whoever you go, whoever possibly could land him if they trade him. Um, but yeah, the Bears. I think you know the defense definitely keeps them in. It. They're they're off and just cannot make plays. Nick Foles is not a great starting quarterback at all right now. Um, and if they can force breeze in some turnovers and create a short field, definitely have a nice chance to win this game. You know their defense, their defense can keep them in pretty much every game. So I definitely see this team winning. Like you know, not you know this team could definitely win 9-10 games. But with this defense, that's really about it. Their offense is just. Pretty bad right
0: now. Oh, it's horrible! It's absolutely terrible. And Ryan Pace, uh, if they don't make the playoffs, Ryan Pace should absolutely be fired. I mean, to pass on Watson and Trubisky is just... Com- I mean, Watson and uh, Mahomes is, and draft Trubisky is completely inexcusable. I mean, and and that, that's the biggest reason why the Bears' offense is the way it is, just because of Ryan Pace. Not really getting really Allen Robinson is the really only skill player they have right now. So Bears don't make the playoffs. Ryan Ryan Pace absolutely needs fired but we got an NFC West matchup in Seattle. This should be a really exciting game. We got the 49ers who looked really good last week we got the Seahawks. Who were are coming off a loss, big, big matchup in the division. If the Niners lose this, they can rule out the NFC West, in my opinion, because they'll be in last place at four and four, still have a good chance at a wild card, but they can rule out the NFC West. And for this game, I think this is a really fun game. I think that the Niners have, we don't know if Jamal Adams is going to play or not, but I still think they have success running the ball. I think, I think, I think the Niners move the ball. Uh, up and down the field against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks, I think I think even though the Niners' defense, it's not what it was last year, but it's still pretty good, I think the Seahawks move the ball up and down the field. I think this is a close competitive game, but I think Russell Wilson has the ball in his hands, and, and, he, and he makes a play at the end to win the game. And I got the Seahawks beating the Niners 31-27.
1: Yeah, I get Seattle You know, bouncing back this week at home, 28-24. 20 um, again, another team that probably should have won last week. They you now – Unkind of characteristic play, especially the goal line, the screen. I thought that was not the greatest play call in the world.
0: Great hustle by Metcalf though.
1: Oh my god, yeah. That was insane. It oh, that I can't believe I, I assume you heard like buddy uh Buda Baker was uh mic'd up. I assume you heard what he said at, uh when DK Metcalf caught up to him. Um but yeah that that just shows how talented DK Metcalf is but um. Yeah, you yeah, know, watching his Niner team last week, they're still not, you know, Jimmy G's not great passing the ball, throwing the ball around. And that Seattle's kryptonite, you know, that secondary really, their run defense isn't that bad, isn't bad. It's,
0: Especially when Adams comes back. When Adams comes back, the run defense is good.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, you know, I think they're like top five before he got hurt. Now I think they're 12 or 13. But it's middle of the pack, it's, it's not, not horrible. Um. And then they just got Carl Dunlap too. I don't think he'll be playing this week, but could be a nice addition. Um to that interior or you know um to that defense, to the uh, defensive end. But um I you know, so I think I think you know Jimmy G's gonna have to make some plays with his arms. I don't know if he'll be able to do that. Um and I don't see Russell Wilson playing, you know, I know he four touchdowns, three picks last week. I don't you know, I see him playing a lot better this week and I don't see them losing. I know there's I don't think there'd be any fancy out this week, but I don't see them losing this game at home.
0: We got an AFC West matchup in Denver as the Chargers. It's between two, two, and two, between two, two, and four teams as the Chargers travel to uh, Denver to face the Broncos. And yes, on paper, the Chargers should win this game. I mean, looking at the, looking at the looking at their defense, looking at Herbert, who is definitely a better quarterback than Drew Lock. They're able. They're, they'll probably. Be, they uh, They got better skill guys, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So the Chargers on paper should win this game. But as we know, for years, the Chargers lose games that they're supposed to win. And I think this is going to be one of them. I think in this game, I think you're going to see, you know, them having trouble protecting Justin Herbert, even though I think Herbert makes plays some plays under pressure, but I think he also makes a mistake or two. I think they're going to struggle to run the ball. And also I think there's going to be that miss field goal and another, or maybe even a block punt, another a couple bad plays on special teams. And I do think that the, that the Broncos will make some plays on, on the, uh, on the Chargers defense. They'll be able to run the ball a bit better than the Chargers will. I, I think Drew Locke will make some plays on the Chargers defense. But I think in a squeaker, I got the Broncos pulling the upset 23-20 over the Chargers.
1: I'm going to take Chargers to go on the road 28-20. Um I think, you know, for me, yeah, I think I know Chargers got out to a great start last week against the Jaguars and pretty much let them in the they, you know, they were pretty much in that tie, that game the whole time. Um, one by 10 eventually, but Jaguars always seemed like they were in that game and had a chance. Um, so I could definitely see Denver knocking them out, but I just haven't liked the way Drew Locke's been playing. And I know the offense, I know, you know, they're banged up offensively. So I get that. And I've been pretty high in Drew Lock since they decided to get, you know, I was kind of high on him coming out of college. I know strode the senior year, but kind of ran a new offense. they are trying to get him to more of a pro style. Um, but one touchdown this year to four interceptions. I think the Chargers will do enough. This should be, you know, a fun quarterback matchup to watch for years to come. I think both these guys are going to be really good quarterbacks in this league. Um, but I, I think the Chargers are going to force some turnovers. I am kind of nervous about it, but I think Chargers will do enough to get the win.
0: Got an NFC East matchup in Philadelphia as the Cowboys travel up to Philadelphia to face the Eagles. And the Cowboys have just been an absolute mess. And and, and what what shows you... Uh, exactly how what's happened with, which is just the play that epitomizes their season was the play and everybody's been talking about it was the play with Andy Dalton when John Bostic hit and Andy Dalton uh, in the helmet helmet to helmet hit Bostic got ejected from the game but there was no cowboy player that he even got in Bostic's face after it and that just showed that the Cowboys are just a mess they're, they're just quitting they're quit they're just quitting on this team they, they don't, there's no team chemistry. They don't, they, 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 don't respect each other. It's just a total disaster. And I think it all starts up top and it starts with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones needs to step down as GM. You saw him, you saw him yesterday on the and you know, like telling, telling a radio host to shut up and saying, Oh, they, 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 there is leadership in the locker room and there clearly, clearly isn't this, this team is a complete disaster and their offensive line is terrible. The defense is clearly the worst in football. And, and, and for the game this week, I don't care who plays for the Eagles. I think this is a blowout. I think this game this is going to be – the Eagles are going to win this game big. I mean, I think Carson Wentz has a big day. I don't care if Boston Scott or Miles Sanders plays. I think either of them have a big day on the ground. I think Wentz throws a couple touchdown passes. And the, and the Eagles defensive line is just going to be all over Ben DiNucci or Andy Dalton in this game. They're going to make life terrible for really, really difficult for both of them and i think this game is a complete blowout just like last week the cowboys get blown out on the road to an nfc's opponent i got the eagles winning big i got the eagles winning 34 to 10 over the cowboys
1: yeah yeah like philly 31 to 10 and yeah that that was that you know again five six hit we're trying to get out of the game but especially your starting quarterback this nobody's step up for him it, yeah it's it just that it looks just all aw- it just yeah, it just shows that you have quit on your team on the year, and you, you're just kind of here to get paid and just you know, that's about it. And yeah, it's, it's on Jerry, but obviously, I agree, Jerry Jones should step down as GM, but that will never happen. And then that that, that will never ever happen. You want the quick backstory here on Ben Dernucci?
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um,
1: so he's a three star quarterback, he was three star quarterback originally went to Penn, decommitted to Penn, went to Pittsburgh, lost our injury to Kenny Pickett, went to James Madison. Um, did win a national title, did lose one. Um, but I guess they, James Madison, they kind of ran what the Niners do, kind of run first offense, kind of just be a game manager. That's kind of – he's made some mistakes, um, but not. he's not a terrible quarterback. I was – you know, again, I don't think he's going to come in. Yeah, they they got no shot. I don't think, you know, anywhere, but, um, I, I liked them, you know, it, it, but the thing is James Madison, their run first, they always had two. He always had two, three running backs. He could go to. So, um, I remember watching him that James Madison, but he's a, you know, solid quarterback Back you know, James Madison, but it, it really won't matter. I'll just mean, yeah. say think- this quickly. It's right now. I don't think the Cowboys win another game. They may win one more. Is it out of the question now, now knowing Jerry, would you be shocked if they get, like, a top five pick and Justin Fields is available? Or I would not be shocked to see him draft Justin Fields so he doesn't have to pay Dak Prescott.
0: I yeah, would be shocked. yeah I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be shocked at all if, 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 they, if they make that move. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. But if they are this bad, I uh, what they should do and they're not going to do it is get rid of McCarthy. You, have, you just hit the fire McCarthy. And then, you know, hire a head coach, but give that head coach complete control of personnel that's what they should do if they're this bad and hey if that that person wants to you know wants to not pay Dak Prescott because here's the reality if they do pay Dak Prescott though even if say Jerry stays as GM and they do decide to pay Dak now you're paying Dak 40 million a year with the salary cap going down how are you ever going to get better on defense or get better on the, on the offensive line. Cause Tyron Smith is done after this year. He's probably going to retire. So how are you going to get better on the offensive line or get better on defense? If if, 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 if you end up paying Dak Prescott, I still think even if they pay Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott's clearly a top 10 quarterback. If they're, if they end up paying them, they're still going to be an eight, eight, nine and 17. But say you do draft Justin Fields, then you don't have to deal with that $40 million cap, get, cap hit, and then you could build the team around Justin Fields. So it's going to be a very interesting discussion. Say that the Cowboys have you know, a top three pick, and Justin Fields is there. What do you do if you're the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Because they, they, it's not just one part. They need a lot of help pretty much you know, off know, offensive line, the defense. Yeah, they need a lot of peace. And, and, you know, and Jerry, yeah, Jerry just throws out contracts anybody
0: you know? It, I mean, he's paid two of those guys on the defense and hasn't paid Dak Prescott yet. And then and then, the, the, if he would have paid Dak Prescott earlier, maybe he'd be able to spread the money around and they would have been able to pay to Byron Jones. And that yeah. was a huge loss. Byron Jones was a huge loss because the Cowboys corners are absolutely pathetic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been smart. But again, Jerry, Jerry does things his own way. Jerry, you know, it, it, but it doesn't shock me that Jerry's way. and It's, it's, has big time costs. It has come back to haunt Jerry Jones right now because his team is absolutely pitiful and they're an absolute joke right now. And this is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, this this is supposed to be America's team. They're supposed to be, you know.
0: Yeah, but let's let's be real. In your lifetime, have the Cowboys really been Super Bowl contenders? No, they've never been. The last time the Cowboys had probably truly been Super Bowl contenders was in 1995 when when when, when Jerry Jones had Jimmy Johnson's players since yes, they've had their 13 and 3s these in like 07 and 2016 and 12 and 4 in 2014 but you never consider them super bowl contenders because you always have that thing ingrained in your head as long as jerry jones is the general manager this team yeah they might win a division they might win a division they might win a playoff game but this team will never get to an NFC championship game or will never win a super bowl or get to an NFC title game with jerry jones as the general manager
1: no, that that is completely right. Yeah. I've thought about that. You know, that's, you know, it's the first few years I kind of saw Romo and Tana just the way I've learned. you know, I've heard from Jerry Jones and all that, you know, and just what the Cowboys have all been about. Yeah. I definitely agree. They will never be a Super contender until he decides that he's not GM anymore. And I don't think that will ever happen until, you know, he passes on. I, you know, I it, never see that. I will never see that happen. I don't
0: it, it, it probably won't. It, it, it probably won't, but we got, we got to move on to college football and we got a humongous, humongous story in college football that just came up today. The Wisconsin Nebraska game has not just been postponed. It's been canceled. And and, and that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Now and in the big 10, they left themselves no wiggle room. I mean, they had an eight game. They were going to play eight games in eight weeks. To try to you know to try to salvage a season which they originally canceled then they brought back they, they, when you leave yourself no wiggle room you get into the situation now and here's 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 a good example for like you know, for for the for the Big Ten and especially in Wisconsin's league I'm just gonna throw a random team out there throw I'm gonna throw like a Purdue say Purdue because they got Rondell Moore say somehow they, they their one loss that they, they win every they win all their Big Ten games I don't know who they what their schedule is but say they win all their Big Ten games and the one loss. Is to Wisconsin, but they have a they they're ahead of Wisconsin by like a half a game. Their Big Ten record is seven and one, and Wisconsin's a six and one. Who goes to the Big Ten championship game? That that that, that that's what's weird about the situation, and that's why it was very risky not leaving any wiggle room in the schedule because now you got a problem like this. The thing with the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the ACC is they have wiggle room. The Big Ten has none, and now they face their biggest challenge with this game getting postponed.
1: Yeah, uh, it, and yeah, you now I'm going to bring up this point too. Wisconsin, now you cancel that game, and the way I saw him play Friday night, this is a team that can win the Big Ten, and you know could possibly be in the running for college football playoffs. They already canceled the game. Who know? I yo, we don't know what the committee is going to think about teams that only play seven. You know, you know seven games. You know, we don't really know what they're going to think of the Big Ten in, in Pac-12. It really. St- it really hurts this league. You're exactly right that they have no, no way to reschedule games. It, it's gonna hurt, and especially the first domino that falls is Wisconsin. You know, because I, I, I thought you know with Graham meant, meant sub, I saw a quarterback that was kind you know with that Wisconsin's been struggling to find the last few years. I thought this team was legit. Again, they still may definitely run table and do all that, but I don't know what the committee thinks that. You lose a good you know, you lose a team at Nebraska that I know they're not great, but you still go on the road and beat Nebraska. That that you do get some points for that. And it's it's you know, it's definitely a tough blow that they definitely kind of you know, definitely thought about for the big ten, but they should have, you know, I know they wanted to give their teams enough time to practice, but you should have you probably should have started a week or two earlier so you could avoid that like the big twelve. The ACC and the SEC can make room and, and add that
0: extra week. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge all year for the Big Ten because you know this is gonna be the first problem, and this is this 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 is, this, this this won't be this won't be the first problem. It's not gonna be the last problem. So they're gonna have problems all year dealing with COVID, and the one the one risky thing is just not have that extra week, and that's really gonna hurt them. we're going to get to the game slate this week and we're going to stay in the big 10 as Michigan state who lost a terrible game to Rutgers, Mel Tucker's first game, they lose to Rutgers heads to Ann Arbor to face Michigan. And I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think Joe, Joe Milton's going to have a huge game. I got, I got Michigan winning this one big. I got them winning it by, you know, four or five scores, like something like 38 to three over Michigan state.
1: Yeah. I got Michigan, Michigan 35, 13. I was impressed the way Joe Milton played. He was, he played good. Uh, I'm not going to say he's the next, Big, day, make sure you get quarterback yet. You know, not going to take it that far yet, but I did like what I saw. Um, and for mission to say, I just want to kind of say this. This was a tough spot for Mel Tucker to come in this job. Mark D'Antonio doesn't resign, resign till the day before signing day, which was February 2nd or 3rd or 4th, one of those three days. He doesn't get the job till February 13th. So he has exactly a month to really get to know his players, get his system in before the shutdown. And then not really speak, you're not really meeting these guys in person till July, you know? So he really hasn't gotten to be, deal with his culture, any of that yet. And I think that's really going to hurt Michigan State this year. I think their defense could keep up in some games because I like their defense. The, you know, the offense has seven turnovers. It, you know, they did get blown off the ball by Rutgers, which is very, very concerning. Um, but I think Michigan should win this game big 35 to 13.
0: Got an SEC matchup in Lexington as Georgia battles Kentucky. And I think this is a game where Georgia wins pretty easily. They're going to be able to run the ball well. I think their defense shuts down Kentucky. I got Georgia winning this one by two scores.
1: Yeah, I got uh, Georgia winning this one pretty sound, 24-7. to 7. Um, Georgia had shut these guys out last year. Uh, Kentucky has no passing game whatsoever. They're going to need to be able to throw the ball to have any chance against Georgia. I think they were like three for 12 last week, throwing the ball with only 36 yards. And then get this. So they played, Kentucky played Missouri last week. Larry Roundtree, the third. Missouri's running back, ran the ball 37 times. Kentucky's offense only ran 36 plays. So their offense or defense was on the field for 42 minutes last week. I could see something like that again. As long as and Bennett managed the game, they run the football, they could wear out this um, Kentucky defense. Tucky is pretty good. They they can make some turnovers and keep them in the game, but I feel like George is not really gonna throw the ball too much against these guys. And that's gonna hurt the Wildcats in this one.
0: We got an AAC matchup in Cincinnati as Memphis faces uh Cincinnati. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm go, gonna with the go with the Bearcats close over Memphis.
1: Yeah, I got Cincinnati win us 135-24. I'm telling you, I think Cincinnati is definitely a team that they run the table here. They could sneak in as that four seed. I really believe it. I think they're good enough. I love Luke Fickle as the head coach. I think that guy can get any Power 5 job he wants this offseason, if he wants a Power 5 job. Um, and they absolutely demolished SMU last week. And SMU is a good team. That is a real, that's a good football team. That's a top 25 team. Um, they ran for 300 yards against them. Dennis Desmond Ritter has to make some plays this week. They're not going to be able to run the ball time times. That's Missouri's – I mean, Memphis is kind of one strength on defense. They cannot stop the passing game. Um, but this should be interesting. Cincinnati's defense really good. Brady White, 17 touchdowns so far in four games. He's going to be fun to watch uh, against this defense. But I think Cincinnati's defense is a difference maker in this game.
0: Big 12 matchup in uh in Stillwater as Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns Based Chua Hubbard and the Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys. And I'm, I think this is another close competitive game, but I'm going with the better coach. I'm going with Mike Gundy's team and Chua Hubbard over the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, I got the Cowboys th- uh, winning this one 31 24 at home. I think for Texas, Sam Ellinger again last week, just inconsistent. Um, they played a good Baylor defense, but on the other hand, you know, their defense played well, but Baylor's offense is very, it's not very good. It's a mediocre. Um, Again, maybe it's kind of a confidence move maybe for Texas defense, but um, Oklahoma State has won seven of the last ten meetings against the Longhorns. I think that moves to eight eight of the last 11, and Oklahoma State's defense is legit. They're only giving up 12 points a game so far, in big 12 play. I think Tylan Wallace and Chuba Hubbard are going to make some big plays against Texas. Um, their defense is not good. I'm going to go with the uh, Cowboys, 31-24 at home.
0: We got the big, big game on Saturday night. Would have been a bigger game if Penn State closed that game out against Indiana, which they had no business losing that game. It was a terrible loss to Indiana. You know, Indiana is a good team. There's no way Penn State should have lost that game to Indiana last week. I mean, you're up 21-20 late in the game. Devin Ford, just take a knee before you get to the goal line. Don't score, don't score that touchdown and give Indiana another chance. And then they tie the game and they win on that crazy play. Uh, just a, a terrible loss for Penn State, a typical James Franklin loss for Penn State uh, 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 last week. And in this game, I do think that you know, I, I do think they're competitive early with uh, with with Ohio State. I do think their defense, you know, c- contains Fields early in the game. You saw last week, Ohio State struggled to run the ball and stop the run in the first half. I do think Penn State has a little bit of success running the ball. I think Sean Clifford has some success. He runs the ball successfully. I think there's some with with uh, Devin Ford and uh, Noah Kane that they, they can run. As Obi just commented, it happens. It sure does. That was a brutal loss as a Penn State fan. You know, a brutal loss last week. As a, I'm a Giants fan and a Penn State fan, so I had two brutal losses last week. But, yeah, but just, you know, and I think in this game, you know, obviously I said, I think Penn State the ball a little bit – We'll run the ball well early. I think Sean Clifford some plays early. I mean, there's no way Sean Clifford could throw those two interactions that he did last week and compete with this Ohio State team. There's no way that could happen. Clifford's got to play mistake-free to win this game. I do think he makes a mistake, though, in this game. And I think Clifford has a tough time keeping up with Justin Fields. I think the game's close at the beginning, but I think Ohio State pulls away in the second half. And I got Ohio State beating my Penn State Nittany Lions 34-20. to
1: Yeah, I got Ohio State going the road. And it stinks, too. This would have been the whiteout game. This would have been, you know, absolute great atmosphere you know two for a Saturday night, which definitely would have helped Penn State a little bit too with the home field advantage and I don't, um I actually heard this this morning Noah Kane's actually out for the season with a knee injury or a leg injury so Penn State's running you know backfield gets even shorter now um so now you're gonna need Ford now to be that number one guy in the backfield I assume he's gonna be the one but it's, yeah
0: it, State, Ford was uh, it was mostly Ford last week came played. Yeah, Ford yeah, Ford mostly played last week.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Um so yeah, he'll definitely be the guy this week. Um but yeah, you guys had no business to lose that game. Two you guys gave up only two hundred eleven yards. And then yeah, the three turnovers, the three missed field goals. It just yeah, that that was a James Franklin kind of coach game there. They just kinda just shot themselves in the football. Oh, OV
0: just commented too. Third quarter, Ohio State'll be running away with that, which I could very easily see yeah. see that happening.
1: I, I could, you know, and, and John Clifford, because, um, you know, Ohio, you know um, Luke McCaffrey, I think, ran for 80, 70 yards, and the the Nebraska quarterback, and then Adrian Martinez ran for, you know, 90 yards, I believe. So, John Clifford could, you know, I think he'll be able to run the ball, and that's the concern I have with, you know, Ohio State, is they don't have that great running back this year. Um, They don't even, the whole line I didn't even think was that great either last week. So, I, you know, again, I could maybe see Penn State make, because their defense, you know, their defense played pretty well. You know, It they just, their offense kind of hurt them and, and um, it was a tough play in overtime. They, that probably should have been overturned, but
0: yeah, but here, here's the thing about that play. You yeah. can't have that game come down to that play and they mm-hmm. called, it, called it on the field, touchdown. I'm a Penn state fan. They called it, they called it on the field, touchdown. You can't have the game come down to that play. Don't turn the ball over three times. Don't miss three, don't miss three field goals Two makeable field goals. That, that just, that just can't happen. That, that, that's, that can't happen. Don't you can't be a good team that way. They deserve to lose that game, and and they lost that game. So yeah, yeah, it was a tough call at the end, but you can't let that game come down to that call. Uh, that just can't happen.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, you guys should have won that game in regulation by you know, as you know, you make those three field goals. You know, um, don't turn the ball over. Yeah, it's it's a much different story this week. Um It's going to be interesting how Penn State comes out too in this game how, after last week because they lose this game. You
0: know, oh, they're it's it's they're over, it's over. They lose this one, there's there's no way, and there's and I think they're going to lose this one. They just uh, James Franklin really outside of that one win against Ohio State, he's never really had a signature win since he's been at Penn State.
1: No, he hasn't. You know, now this wouldn't be an absolute huge one for him, but I I don't see that. I just see this Ohio State team a little bit too much for him. It would really help to have, you know, a Journey Brown this week and Mika Parsons, but um. I don't know if that would still even you know
0: yeah the game would that, be yeah. closer but i don't think it would matter because i think the quarterback on ohio state has the much better quarterback
1: yeah they, they do and i was really impressed with Justin Fields because that one incomplete pass he had chris oliva probably should have caught too you know he could have been perfect that game 21 for 21 so yeah you know i think you know um could be definitely close game at halftime and then ohio state runs away with it
0: absolutely absolutely be, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the NFL trade deadline, week eight of the NFL season, and week nine of the college football season. You have a great weekend, everybody.